You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Here we are. It is week 16. We've broken down half the games for you on Matchup Wednesday. It's Matchup Thursday, our last show here before the holiday. So no show on Friday, no lineup Friday. We've incorporated some of the DFS talk and guys you should target here in our matchup shows here and we'll continue to do that here as we take the back half of the games we took care of all the friday saturday action some of the early sunday action on yesterday's show today we'll move on and break down the rest of the games here for week 16 the most critical week fantasy football championships on the line so we'll take a deep dive a little expanded look there at all the games here at a most critical time if you need more information there and advice uh, just go to sportingnews.com i have the decider column up the start sits here for the week as well as my week 16 picks against the spread before we uh, dive into the next wave of games i can tell you this football season will be different and pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season pepsi's refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers these passion fans are the real generational talent that pepsi fuels because pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, uh, let's continue here. Looking at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, a lot of games to get to here still on the show. First uh, one will break uh, down for you, 1 p.m., staying in that. The Giants and the Ravens. The Ravens have opened into being 11-point favorites in this one, 44 to 44 and a half over under so not a lot of points expected by the Giants let's start there it's pretty easy uh, I can't feel Wayne Gallman at this point he was the guy that we we're hanging our hat on just a few weeks ago but they're incorporating Deion Lewis and Alfred Morris here and uh, this is not a great matchup the Ravens were struggling against the run for a little bit of a stretch but they've shored up again here of late with uh, some injuries uh, gone from the equation here so they're pretty good up front here they're also pretty darn good in the secondary jimmy smith could miss another game here marcus peters is also a little bit banged up but you got marlon humphrey to work the middle of the field golden tate's a little bit banged up for the giants here you can't really trust darius slayton or sterling shepherd we're not sure if it's going to be colt mccoy or daniel jones either daniel jones limited early in practice early in the week so giants offense is already pretty bad and not one that you want to attach too much this season ever since Saquon Barkley went down. Gallman has been a bright spot, but at this critical junction of the season with the split touches and not seeing a lot of offensive upside, it's hard to go anything Giants. Evan Ingram is also really banged up, and Evan Ingram somehow has had a decent season with some good yardage days, but only one touchdown, not a big touchdown scorer here this season, and I don't see that changing against the Ravens, who are a little bit better now in uh, safety and linebacker coverage. So, again, basically as a safe blanket rule, sitting all Giants defense, Graham Gano, it doesn't matter. You're not uh, trusting Giants in championship week. Now, let's go to the Ravens. Uh, exact opposite there. Lamar Jackson's on fire. He's 2019 vintage Lamar Jackson, so... 
I don't think you can sit him with the running upside and the, the touchdowns coming. So good game for him. The Giants are actually decent against the run, but they do give up some fantasy points. So I like uh, J.K. Dobbins here as a clear cut to RB2, RB1 borderline. I like uh, Gus Edwards as an RB2 flex borderline in this game. I think Ravens should have a big lead and be running quite a bit here on Sunday and uh, in the passing game, I don't think I like Marquise Brown, however, because you get James Bradbury back. He's rested, uh, missed last week with a COVID-19 list designation. So that's a really tough matchup for Marquise Brown. He's a little big play dependent. He's gotten a nice run here in the last month for Marquise Hollywood, but been a bit fluky. Last week was a little bit more consistent against the Jaguars. I just don't think this uh, pass defense is where you want to attack. So Mark Andrews still can get it done. Red zone work here, but uh, I don't like Brown. I don't think they're going to need a lot of Brown. I think they're going to get it done with the running game. Dobbins, Edwards, and Jackson on the ground with uh, enough of Andrews here. And uh, we know that also uh, Lamar Jackson likes to distribute to different wide receivers at this point. So can't really key in on Hollywood Brown with uh, Lamar actually playing well. So he's not going to lock in to him. And uh, Andrews looks like in a really good smash spot here against the Giants. As well, and then the Ravens' defense, of course, at home, big favorites, bad offense on the other side, should get after it here, have enough playmakers to do so here, and that'd be a viable play. So basically nothing Giants and all things Ravens except for looking at Marquise Brown this week, who, again, I think he's due to cool off and the matchup says he will. Now the next game we'll talk about here in this uh, window is the Falcons and the Chiefs. This one's got a high over-under. It's 54, 54 and a half, but the Chiefs are headed to more of that here with their big uh, favorite spread here. Ten and a half points in favor of the Chiefs. Let's start with the Chiefs, shall we? This is actually the greatest matchup on the board possible for both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They've had monster years. Kelsey faces the team that struggles the most against the tight end there overall. And you have a team that also gives up a lot of big plays with a banged-up secondary here. They're also hurting at safety. Ricardo Allen, Keanu Neal. There's not much depth here in the secondary. So Patrick Mahomes should be the QB1 on the board. Travis Kelsey has a good chance to remain TE1. He's pretty much been that all season in most weeks, uh, with the exception of a few Darren Waller weeks. But this week, I think Kelsey destroys it. He had a modest game last week, and he still scored and was still heavily involved with the two-point conversion. So... That's a bad Kelsey game. Kelsey has been one of those league winners, wire to wire, been consistently productive. So he'll Kelsey smash. Some people like Mecole Hardman this week. I can't really commit to him or Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson. We know that third contributor is rather random here for the Chiefs. And again, big play should be had. It's more Patrick Williams picking his poison. That actually makes it harder to... Uh, decipher but I think it's going to be a heavy Hill and Kelsey game regardless here for the Chiefs now you could look at uh, Le'Veon Bell at the backfield Clyde Edwards Hilaire certainly going to miss sometime with the ankle hip injury here looks like he's going to be shut down for the rest of the regular season they'll save him for the playoffs that would give him a good three week window with the bye week to recover there be good to go for the playoffs it makes a lot of sense the Chiefs win this game they will lock up the number one seed and the lone bye in the AFC playoffs so they'll be highly motivated they'll come out firing Mahomes should have a big game you get a lot of Hill and Kelsey going another receiver and then uh, you figure Bell will get some touches in the second half don't forget they'll use Daryl Williams at times as well in a role without CEH but Bell should be the guy he's a good chance to score in a high scoring game like this so again Le'Veon Bell very uh 
decent plug and play with some upside here for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Falcons are pretty good against the run, so keep that in mind. I wouldn't expect a big rushing game for Bell as they kind of flip the script and throw as much as they can on the Falcons. But again, touchdowns earlier are going to be the mix for Bell. I also like the Chiefs' defense at home. I think they'll be highly motivated. They want to put this division away, or put the division away, but they want to put the conference away, so to speak, in the regular season. So when you look at that, uh, I think they'll come out fired. It's Matt Ryan on the road without Julio Jones. I think he'll cool off. Chiefs' pass defense is pretty good. The Falcons' rushing offense, not good enough to sustain and uh, keep them in the game. So the game script should help Kansas City tee off in the second half against Matt Ryan, whose offense line is rather banged up in the middle, which is not good. Uh, James Carpenter with a growing injury. You got Alex Mack dealing with a concussion. So if uh, those guys are out or limited or not playing the same way, then uh, you got to Chris Jones coming up the middle to uh, wreak havoc here for the Chiefs' defense here on this big game here for them to uh, secure their best possible advantage for their Super Bowl 54 defense. So, yeah, so Hill, Kelsey, and Mahomes in their usual spots. Chiefs defense gets a play this week after not being usable in recent weeks here. So good chance to get them going. Harrison Butker is always locked in. Le'Veon Bell as an RB2 this week. Let's look at the Falcons side of things, shall we? Uh, Julio Jones doesn't look good with the hamstring. They haven't totally ruled him out or shut him down and all that. He's not going to settle for that, but I would say the writing's on the wall that he's not going to play this week. Calvin Ridley not on the injury report initially. He did have the foot last week, but guess what? He didn't matter. He destroyed the Buccaneers secondary, even with that uh, Carlton Davis matchup last week and got banged up. Davis did in the game, which helped, but Ridley is a handful no matter what. He's going to dominate targets here. Russell Gage should also get some looks and uh, Hayden Hurst, but I'm not feeling as comfortable with either of those. I think it's going to be a Ridley garbage game here, and he's going to be the guy who produces most. I'm not interested in Edo Smith or Todd Gurley in the backfield either for the Falcons. Certainly not going with Ryan. So pretty much Calvin Ridley has to be in your lineup. He's just been a wide receiver one all season, and I don't get scared away from him in this matchup, even though it could be really lopsided in the Chiefs' favor this week. All right, so there you have a look at the first two of our leftover uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Time games. Those were our last two or 1 p.m. Eastern Time games. We'll flip over to the 4 o'clock games next, and we'll uh, close looking at uh, Sunday and Monday night football here as we finish up all our matchup analysis of the week. Before we continue, i got to tell you here about Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is even delicious. Built Bar, if you haven't tried it, is the best-tasting protein bar ever. And there's 18 amazing flavors there that you can check out. And with Built Bar, all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They make a great gift as well for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, a protein bar that absolutely tastes like a dessert. All the bars you get from Built Bar are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for anyone on a keto diet. Just take the flavor profile of their Cookies and cream bar, 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. So you can't beat that. It's a great gift, and it's uh, never been a better time to get it on Built Bar than right now. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And... Uh, we also know this is a big season for football. Are you ready for it? Uh, college football's uh, in bowl season right now. You got some uh, big college football playoff games coming up here in a week. Uh, it's 
it's a bonanza of football, and the NFL regular season has also been exciting. We know that. Final two weeks there, finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust for the action. It's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus there. You got uh, these big games that we talked about this weekend. We got action on Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday. You got uh, everything leading up to the CFP for those big games there. Well, don't sit on the silence anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, uh, we will get to uh, three more games here in a moment, but I also have to remind you that holidays are all about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee's red hot here at this part of the season. He shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, let's continue here with the Broncos Chargers. It was a flip to the 405 games here in week 16. This is a pretty high over under rel- relative to what we expected. So both teams could have some scoring in this one. It's 49 to 50 points here. The Chargers are slight favorites here at home. Let's break down the Broncos side of things here. I think the obvious play is Melvin Gordon. You have Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are banged up. Gordon had a monster week with two touchdowns against the Bills last week. The Chargers are pretty bad in run defense. We know that. So Melvin Gordon clearly the play for Denver. I think the other play here is uh, Noah Fan as a tight end one. Really came through last week. Started to look better here overall. The illness wasn't an issue there in that game. So, again, that was a great matchup against the Bills. This one's a little trickier against the Chargers, but Fan's still being involved. Clearly the trusted guy for... Drew Locke in the middle of the field when his uh, wide receivers are bottled up by the corners. That should be the case here with Casey Hayward and Chris Harris Jr. on the other side. The Chargers are a little bit more vulnerable in the slot, so Judy could have some, Jerry Judy could have some run here, but that only says work in the middle of the field of Judy and Fantmore. It's really hard to trust Judy, while Fant has had the recent big tight end one production. So I wouldn't go any more than that. Melvin Gordon is a very strong RB2 this week. And Noah Fant is a back-end tight end one for the Broncos in this road matchup there. And uh, Melvin Gordon is also a good DFS play because he can rack up some uh, yards and touchdowns here pretty quickly. It's also a revenge game for Melvin Gordon, so you could consider there him being very valuable this week. Now let's look at the Chargers. The Broncos are kind of a hit-and-miss offense, and they're also a hit-and-miss defense as well, where they can give up some big plays here, Justin Herbert. You feel like he's a back-end QB1 at the very worst this week. At home, he tends to be better. The Chargers are playing better overall as a team. Austin Eckler is locked in with his volume as an RB1. I think Kalen Balaj in deeper leagues can be looked at as a flex play because the Broncos do struggle against the run and give up uh, some short touchdowns there. So you could look in that direction if you're really desperate at running back this week and you can't get a guy with a key volume in your lineup. And... uh, Elsewhere, Keenan Allen, let's watch the injury. He's been uh, banged up. He didn't look right last week. They had to use him on a pitch count. It didn't really work out. He didn't produce at all. He's got a hamstring as a practice early in the week. So let's watch that. Hunter Henry's going to play through his illness. He's red hot too. So he's a guy that you can certainly play as a back and tight end. What if Allen's in there? He's just named to the Pro Bowl this week. He's definitely 
going to be in there for you as a wide receiver 1-2 borderline this week, but let's watch that. If there's any indication that he might be limited, you might have to go in a different direction. Now, Mike Williams, you can't count on him. It's uh, pretty much uh, flipped over Tryon Johnson being the next big play target here, so could be more of the connection with him and Herbert if you're looking for a deep wide receiver 3 or uh, maybe a DFS tournament type play. You can look there for the Chargers emerging new wide receiver. And then, uh, again, Henry should give you exactly what you expect and Eckler as well in this game. So I really uh, like uh, this uh, combination there, Eckler and Henry, and uh, on the other side, Gordon and Fant. If you're looking uh, for some uh, mini unusual stacks here, that's where you can go in DFS this week. And then uh, season long again, you feel pretty confident about Herbert in this one. And I think the Chargers will come through. I don't expect a monster game for Herbert, but... I could definitely see two touchdowns, 300 yards, that kind of a neighborhood for Justin Herbert as a pretty decent floor this week at home. All right, the next game we'll uh, flip to is the Panthers and the Washington football team. Let's look at the Panthers first here. No Christian McCaffrey probably yet for another week. Nothing else is new there. Tough matchup here for Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore on the outside against these Washington corners. Curtis Samuel might actually have a better matchup working in the middle field, but Anderson, I think, is a little bit more benchable because I think he's considered the number one. I think he has lesser talent overall than Moore to get open and make some big plays. So if I would sit one, I would feel a little bit better about Allen. I'm not sure I can sit more the way he's come on here and been pretty consistent here. He's just too talented a receiver where you miss out on one big play and uh, you're going to kick yourself here. Well, Anderson, you feel, could be shut down easily as uh, Washington works to protect him on the outside. Samuel's hard to trust here. Didn't get enough volume here without uh, Christian McCaffrey here of late. So I don't know if I would go there. I think he's a dart throw, wide receiver three. If you're looking at DJ Moore, falls into uh, wide receiver two category this week because the matchup and uh, Anderson maybe off the radar as a wide receiver three, four borderline this week. Uh, I still am thinking Anderson viable because he's the guy that Teddy Bridgewater throws to, but... Again, I'm tempering my expectations if I'm playing either Panthers wide receiver this week. Same thing with Mike Davis. Didn't love the production last week. Good matchup against the Packers. Really didn't come through. So game script could actually be in the favor where Washington is only 2.5 to 3-point favorites here. 44.5 is the over-under. We'll see. But Alex Smith looks like he'll return. So that's certainly going to help Washington's time with Dwayne Haskins and his shenanigans off the field where it's definitely going to cost him money, cost him playing time, maybe cost him a job here, not only in Washington, but future chances to uh, be a reclamation project as a first-round pick here. So that's uh, something completely different. But Alex Smith is who we wanted there. Terry McLaurin, uh, there's some potential here, but the Panthers' uh, secondary is... uh, Hit and miss a little bit. Uh, they do have some help in the middle of safety, but Logan Thomas is still locked in as a tight end one. He should be pretty good here. Let's watch J.D. McKissick here. If uh, there's a chance Antonio Gibson comes back, I'm not sure I want to go with McKissick, but I think McKissick may be dropping down a flex if uh, Gibson returns. Well, I think Gibson could be immediately a uh, potential RB2. The way the Panthers run defense can't struggle and really did not look good last week against Aaron Jones and uh, Jamal Williams of the Packers. So keep that in mind. It's been the big weakness of the Panthers all year. So Gibson hopefully returns to uh, provide a little bit of spark here. If not, McKissick gets big touches and he slides into the RB2 value. But again, I think Gibson might be an RB2 with RB1 upside should he return from the toe injury. And uh, I think the usage of McKissick behind uh, Terry McLaurin 
Um, I was going to play him as a wide receiver three, and uh, Logan Thomas as a tight end one. He's always going to give him some flex potential, especially in deeper leagues this week. So Panthers really, uh, I don't love Anderson, but you might be stuck playing him as a wide receiver three. Samuel at best a wide receiver three, more wide receiver two. Mike Davis, uh, more of a flex play to me than uh, really trusting as an RB2 because of the matchup. Teddy Bridgewater, you're staying off the radar. Some people might look at the Carolina defense. I'm not going to go there with Smith playing. I think this is going to be more of a grinded type game. So the expectation is that Smith will play. He's got the calf injury. He was limited in practice early. He didn't practice all of last week. So it's already a big improvement. So should trend there. They also need him on the field with Haskins and the issues there that he's not a fallback this week. They really don't want to start. Taylor Heineke in a game, the former Panther actually, where everything's on the line. If they can win this game, they have a good chance to uh, win the division if the Giants lose to the Ravens. So everything is right in front of Washington. They're going to put their best quarterback in there. Great job by Ron Rivera. It's still not a pretty team. They'll be 7-8 and eight if they win this one. But I do like Washington with Smith to take care of business, especially if Gibson can return here to really help this offense move the ball a little bit more. I also love the Washington defense at home. Chase Young and... Uh, all the pressure they can put up front and on the back end as well here with uh, Teddy. So good. Let's watch the situation with Smith and Gibson. If they're both in there, then you feel a lot better about Washington's chances to win and also their chances to produce better offensively here in week 16. The next game we'll talk about this as we slide into the 425 window here. The Eagles and the Cowboys. This one is in Dallas slash Arlington AT&T Stadium. 49 and a half, 50 is the over-under. It's pretty close, two and a half, uh, the Eagles are favored by here. Everyone's all over Jalen Hurts, and I think you have to be as well. I think I'd rather play him in DFS this week because of the value. In season long, I think there's a few guys that I would play over him. I still think I would go Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Deshaun Watson. Josh Allen is really hard to bench at this point as well, even though it's the Patriots this week. But... Yeah, it's really hard to fathom, but Hurts, when you run that much and you're facing a weak defense and you're throwing the ball well on top of that, it's really hard to bench. So he's a top five to top ten option this week at very worst. Jalen Hurts, keep in mind, rookies can have some volatility, but there's all evidence that this is going to be a good game against the Cowboys with his running and passing ability. No Leighton Vander Esch for the Cowboys. He's banged up, so middle of the field to run around is available as well. This Cowboys team cannot really stop the run, so that really helps Miles Sanders slot in as an RB1. Jalen Hurts is a high-end QB1. Sanders is a high-end RB1 this week. Dallas Goddard always seems to have success against the Cowboys. Maybe it's the name of the team in Dallas, and maybe it's the fact that he really wanted to play for the Cowboys, and the Eagles kind of pilfered him in the draft there ahead of uh, them. So maybe it's all that combined here. So I really like Dallas Goddard this week to really be productive. Uh, Cowboys not very good against the tight end. Allowed a touchdown to uh, Jordan Reed last week and some big plays to him and Ross Dwelly. So good situation for Goddard. I'm not going to go with Zach Ertz. He's kind of washed to me. I wouldn't really try a receiver in this one. I know Greg Ward had the two touchdowns. John Rieger is the big playmaker. But it's been by committee here. And I think this is going to be a high Goddard game as a leading receiver this week. There, so trust the other Eagles uh, options at your own risk. I just don't feel comfortable there going with one of them in the championship league. Well, Goddard, fully confident here. They'll have his biggest game in several weeks here playing with Jalen Hurts in this one. So Hurts, Goddard, Sanders, that's where I'm going. I'm not trusting the Eagles' D in this one. A little bit banged up as well. They should get Darius Slay back. So 
that's not necessarily good for Amari Cooper, Cooper versus Slay. So Cooper was definitely disappearing from the game plan last week. He had a little bit of Richard Sherman last week. So I uh, don't really love uh, Amari Cooper, but again, you might just be stuck playing him as a wide receiver three. Michael Gallup will play through a hip injury. He did score last week, but again, hard to trust Michael Gallup with limited value or volume. And I, I really like C.D. Lamb. I think he'll get the job done working with slot. He's a red hot being involved more in the offense with Andy Dalton. So of the three receivers, I like C.D. Lamb the most to maybe retain wide receiver two production. Cooper drops to wide receiver three because of Slay's potential return from the concussion. Gallup off the radar. I don't really like Dalton Schultz. He's getting too low of volume behind those three receivers. Now the biggest question here is, is Ezekiel Elliott going to come back in the backfield? Right now, early in the season, it looked good with the calf injury, but... Does that really look good? Do we really want him back? If you've got Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard at this point, who would you rather have in the lineup getting all the touches? You'd definitely want Tony Pollard. He looked way better. He was explosive. Uh, They're a tough matchup against the 49ers he came through. So if Pollard gets a nod here, there's an indication that Ezekiel Elliott might be just more an emergency back or limited use back. I'm going all in with Tony Pollard again. Here, if you got that option in uh, DFS, you know, we'll monitor that. I think Pollard could be, remain a good value here should Elliott be out. I mean, Elliott could have a setback. It's a tough injury here. We know soft tissue, lower body hasn't looked that great here. Maybe he's trying to play through it, and that's part of the ineffectiveness or just not as compelled to run as hard. But Cowboys still live, at least until uh, Washington uh, is playing there. In this late window. So they'll be motivated uh, there. Because the loser here definitely will be eliminated from any playoff contention. But again if Washington loses. Then the winner of this game certainly uh, has an opportunity to win. The NFC East probably with the Giants losing as well. In week 16. So a lot of stuff on the line here. So not going to trust Andy Dalton. But again Cedar Lamb wide receiver 2. Is the best bet of those receivers. I really uh, don't like Dalton Schultz this week. And if it's an Elliott Pollard split. And there's an indication of that. I think they're no better than a flex play. I would not trust Elliott other than uh, hopefully he plunges forward and falls over, over the goal line for a touchdown. That's about it. But uh, Pollard's certainly a better runner, and it would be unfortunate if the Cowboys uh, kind of just played Elliott because he's Elliott versus looking at Pollard and the results and saying, this is the guy that's going to help us win games here uh, that we absolutely must need to win here in the last two weeks. Okay, so there's... Uh, those three games from that uh, window here, 4 o'clock, uh, we still have one more marquee 425 game to talk about, plus Sunday night Monday night football. We'll do that in a moment. But make sure this holiday season uh, you're checking out all that the Locked On uh, Network has to offer, whether it's uh, NFL or basketball. We got you covered Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We got you college sports, NHL, MLB. We just expanded. So we have so many teams here that we cover with our local experts and uh, you're not going to get anything better than that to be tuned in to your team in any sport and uh, that's what we say on Locked On Network uh, your team every day and we really deliver and we hope that uh, we brought it as your team every day whether you're like reality or fantasy sports we got you covered here on the network Uh, through the end of this year and into the next year we're glad you're here for the ride. We'll be right back here to break down the final three games of Week 16 in the NFL. 
All right, uh, let's uh, continue and close the show and the week. Remember, no lineup Friday tomorrow, so Merry Christmas. Enjoy the holiday there and enjoy uh, football. We'll have the Saints and the Vikings. If you missed the breakdown of that game or the Saturday games, go back and listen to Matchup Wednesday. We took those in depth with everything you need to know there. And speaking of Friday and Saturday, don't forget about Sunday. It's a full Sunday here in the NFL. Looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth? Check out the Lockdown NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff. Just football every Sunday morning with co-host Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Lockdown Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. All right, so let's uh, continue to close the show here. Let's look at the Rams and Seahawks. This is a big game here in the NFC West. Uh, the Seahawks can win the division if they win this game. The Rams uh, trying to get back after a little bad loss to the Jets. They go on the road here this week. It's a 47.5 over-under. It's a 1.5-point spread in favor of the Seahawks. So not expecting a lot of points here. Two pretty good defenses. The Seahawks have been playing much better defense of late. The Rams uh, are... Uh, you know, nasty. They'll want to rebound from that Jets debacle where they wilted against the run. And that's where I'll start here. Is to, let's start with the Seahawks. We'll flip it and talk home team first. Uh, the Seahawks, Chris Carson, he's going to be a big factor in this game. He didn't play in the first meeting. They want to run the ball. The Rams, that's how you attack the Rams. Work the middle of the field, run the ball. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, throw the ball in the middle of the field. Don't really force the ball in they're against their pass rush with Aaron Donald, working their corners. You don't want to hold the ball long and uh, get in trouble there. So I think this is going to be a big Chris Carson game. He's a good little play in DFS here in the main slate for Sunday for sure. I think he's maybe a little bit undervalued, uh, mainly because Hyde had the big touchdown run last week in Washington, and Carson was a little bit disappointing. So people will be off him. He's a good contrarian play. That's how I think the blueprint is uh, developing to beat the Rams. So I like Chris Carson this week. Definitely locked in as an RB1. Carlos Hyde should have some value as a flex in deeper leagues, but only in standard formats because he's not going to give you anything in the passing game here. So Carson, good uh, overall touch game, I think, coming up for him and very productive this week. What do you do with the Seahawks wide receivers? It's been a struggle late for DK Metcalf. Really been a struggle for Tyler Lockett since his one big game against the Cardinals. So... Again, Tyler Lockett, you hope for the best. He actually had some success in the first matchup working in the middle of the field. I think they have better success in the slot than being on the outside. So DK Metcalf has had one good game against Jalen Ramsey. wasn't spectacular. Six catches, 78 yards last year. But this year really shut down for two catches for 23. So you got to temper expectations. you got to play DK Metcalf. You can't bench him even though Ramsey's on the other side because you never know one play, get him away from Ramsey, go up in the end zone, and there's his value there for the week. So... DK, temper your expectations. I drop him down, but he doesn't drop down past wide receiver three. He's in your lineup uh, no matter what here, unless you have, uh, say, DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs. That's the only way that uh, you go away from uh, him this week in a league where you start two wide receivers. But DK Metcalf has to be there. Pro Bowler, congratulations to him. Tough matchup. Uh, this is the kind of matchup that he needs to come through to develop. So here's his opportunity here against Jalen Ramsey. Lockett, I like as a wide receiver three as well this week to get involved. I wouldn't go high on him. He just doesn't have that run here of a big success of late where you can trust him that much. And Russell Wilson, I say he, in a lot of circles, he's going to be outside of your starting realm. So he's a borderline QB1 this week. If you've got a better alternative, I would go with it. It just 
Doesn't feel like a very high-scoring game between these two teams with the defenses playing a little bit better and the weather being a little bit of a factor in Seattle as well. Now, let's look at the Rams. You, you can look at Jared Goff this week. He's going to have to throw quite a bit. There's no Cam Akers. He's got a high ankle sprain, so I'm not really going to trust the Daryl Henderson Malcolm Brown combination. It's just not going to happen. Seahawks run defense is pretty good. I don't think either of those backs is special enough to cut through it. So I'm not going to go there this week. I think you definitely see a lot of run for the receivers. So Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, a little bit of Josh Reynolds this week. So I see more of the 11 personnel working versus the two tight ends because Seahawks have been pretty decent against the tight end because Jamal Adams. But Adams does have a big factor in this game. He's the all-time sack leader in a single season for a defensive back. So Jamal Adams certainly can make some plays. So you could do a lot worse than the Seattle defense this week at home. I, I still think there's some better plays. The Rams don't necessarily turn over the ball and give as many sacks. But Jared Goff, you're hoping for a big mistake for him and to get, redeem yourself from the Seahawks defense. It certainly could happen. It's not the same when the Seahawks don't have that crowd to support them either to make go out and make some big plays. Now, from the Rams side of things, again, that's how you kind of uh, go with the uh, I would say you look at Robert Woods as a wide receiver two in this one. Cooper Cup is a wide receiver two. Reynolds in deeper leagues, you could look at him. He had a big game the first time around, but I don't see that being duplicated. He simply hasn't done much in recent weeks. They're also working in Van Jefferson a little bit. And the two tight ends, Higby and Everett, are also getting some run. So a little bit more piecemeal production. So I'm not trusting more than Woods and Cup in this game for the Rams on the road with no acres in the lineup. And if you're going to think about the Rams' defense, I think I would pivot away. I think they were fortunate in the first game. They had that hot run, but the Jets game really makes you cool off on them this week. Perhaps a blueprint for Seattle to beat them. All right, the next game we'll look at is the Titans and Packers. The uh, Packers are three to three and a half point favorites in this one. This is actually the highest over-under game of the week. We're up to 56, so we're expecting a lot of points on both sides. In this game, let's uh, start with the Titans. Ryan Tannehill certainly can play. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, who's going to get Jerry Alexander? I think it's probably going to be Davis this week based on the alignments here. So, again, A.J. Brown could have a big game here, definitely working in the other parts of the secondary. But interchangeably, they can't cover Davis and Brown. So that lines up to a good game for Tannehill, throwing to his wide receivers here. But I would say Davis, if one guy you're going to sit, I think it definitely is him. A.J. Brown has to be locked in your... Lineup every week as wide receiver one, while Davis is a little bit uh, upside from wide receiver three, sometimes to two status, sometimes to four. I think he leans more towards wide receiver four this week. Derrick Henry smashing it. Uh, this Packers run defense is pretty awful. So Derrick Henry should help uh, them move the ball here. If he can run, it opens things up for everything else. So Brown, Tannehill, Henry, and I think Davis is certainly playable. Just expect him to be more of a wide receiver three type this week and uh, 12 to 14 team leagues uh, with the half and full point PPR issue points there so keep that in mind elsewhere I'm not going to trust Jonas Smith you have too many tight ends here Jeff Swaim, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt and the Packers are actually pretty good in coverage against the uh, t- tight end so not going there this week uh, at all with that but uh, yeah so the principles here for the Titans uh, let's keep it simple you're also benching their defense as usual now, you're benching the Packers' defense as well. You're not benching Aaron Rodgers. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, it's going to be a battle between them and uh, Tyler or Jalen Hurts. So Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, and Jalen Hurts to see who's the top-scoring quarterback this week. So should be a lot of fun. Aaron Rodgers should pick apart the secondary. 
You also have Aaron Jones here that's coming off a big game, and no Jamal Williams has a quad injury, so could be a little bit more run for Jones. A little bit more of A.J. Dillon mixed in behind, but Jones coming off a monster game there against the Panthers, so I do like Jones to keep it up here. The Titans are not all that great against the run either. We've seen that, but it's going to be like that uh, Browns game with Baker Mayfield where you'll get some big plays down the field off play action working off Jones for Rodgers early. He'll pick apart with Devontae Adams and Robert Tunyon. I'm not sure if I'm going to trust anything else here in the receiving court. Take your chances with MBS, Marcus Valdez-Scandling, or Al Lazard, but we know the touchdowns are going to go to Adams and Tunyon here, and Adams due for a big rebound game here, and the Titans cannot cover him. Also, this uh, team, the Titans, are better in the slot with Desmond King, but a lot more vulnerable outside, So, and vulnerable against the tight end. So Adams is going to score. Tunyon is going to score. That's almost a guarantee here. Tunyon, most tight end touchdowns in the league with 10, so he'll probably make it 11 or 12 in this one. And Adams should find the end zone again after cooling off against the Panthers secondary last week. So wide receiver one, high end for Adams. Tight end one, high end for Tunyon. Tunyon. And uh, going Rodgers as a top three QB this week. And Aaron Jones, maybe a top five RB this week. That's how good this matchup is at home for the Packers on Sunday night to score. So great uh, scoring bonanza here. If you're waiting all day for Sunday night for fantasy football scoring, you're going to be rewarded here with shares of the Titans-Packers game. And a good one for DFS for a showdown slate if you're going to play that. Uh, it'll be intriguing because you know there's going to be a lot of scoring in the game. All right, uh, we're down to our last game. That's Monday Night Football here in Week 16. It's the Bills and the Patriots. The Bills are seven-point favorites on the road. They have clinched the AFC East, so congratulations to them. Their first title since 1995. The King is dead. That's the Patriots. Not only are they not going to win the division title here uh, this season, but the Patriots also will not be in the playoffs. They were officially eliminated last week with their loss to the Dolphins. So, yeah, so the Bills uh, can put, like, the finishing touches here on the division to take out their rival one last time. It's really hard to bench Josh Allen again. You just can't do it. I think he's just playing too well. So he's not a guy that I'm sitting for Hurts this week. I know the Patriots' defense has been uh, up and down. They're better against the pass than the run, that's for sure. But Buffalo's also a passing team, so it's going to open things up and throw downfield. So I do like Devin Singletary's chances. He's been pretty good here of late. Had the long touchdown last week. They're running the ball a little bit better. He's getting a few more key significant touches here than uh, – the rookie, Zach Moss. So Singletary, you can definitely play as an RB2 or flex this week. Josh Allen is definitely in the middle as a QB1. Yeah, Stefan Diggs uh, could uh, still see some tough coverage. Uh, don't assume without uh, Stefan Gilmore. We had Stefan and Stefan. Gilmore out for the season with a quad injury. Had some surgery there. So J.C. Jackson can be tough, but you're not sitting Stefan Diggs. I still think he'll come through this week. Here, Cole Beasley, I would not play. The Patriots are actually very good in slot coverage, and they really shut down Beasley the first time. So Diggs can have a big game without Gilmore. I think that's where all the targets are going to go. You'll also get some targets downfield to uh, the tight end, uh, Dawson Knox at times. You'll get some to uh, Gabriel Davis and other receivers, Isaiah McKenzie, those type of plays. But, again, I wouldn't go to Beasley. I'm not trusting a tight end. So, really, Diggs is a wide receiver one this week. You have a Singletary as an RB2 slash flex. Josh Allen is a QB1. That's all where I'm going here with the Bills in this particular week. And uh, the Bills defense, you can play. Cam Newton's on the other side. The Bills defense has scored in back-to-back weeks against the Steelers and Broncos. So maybe an opportunity for a defensive touchdown in this one as well against Cam Newton. So a little sneaky play here 
on the road on Monday Night Football there for the Bills now. For the Patriots, what do you go to? I mean, there's not much here. Cam Newton, you certainly can't trust. Damien Harris is a good bet. He's going to miss another game here. I think you could look at Jacoby Myers. The Bills are a little bit vulnerable in the slot. I'm not going to go on the outside to Demir Bird or Nikhil Harry or anything like that. But if you're desperate here as a wide receiver three, you could look at Jacoby Myers working in the middle of the field or coming off a big game against the Dolphins, which was also a good matchup in the slot that they exploited there. Now you can also look at uh, the backfield. If there's no Harris, then Sonny Michelle, James White, old-school backfield combination here for the Patriots. Uh, the Bills do struggle against the run. They did give up the big games to Melvin Gordon. So Michelle's a good chance to score. James White has a good chance to be involved here. So in a PPR league, in a deeper league, you can look at White as a flex. In a standard league, deeper league, you can look at uh, Michelle as a flex because of the scoring potential here of the Patriots' uh, running backs. And uh, then you look at... Uh, Myers, he's a wide receiver three if you need him, and uh, certainly you're not going to play the Patriots defense in this one. So there you have it. There's a comprehensive look now at your back eight games of the 16 week 16 schedule here of the 2020 season here. So yeah, hopefully you've got uh, everything taken care of for what you need for the weekend and making the right decisions for your lineups and knowing what you're going to get feel confident uh, where you want to go in DFS as well. That's our final gift to you here before uh, you enjoy the Christmas holiday there on Friday. Uh, good luck to uh, your game results this weekend and uh, have a Merry Christmas. Uh, be safe, healthy, warm with your family and enjoy that time and uh, get some football in as well. It's going to be the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, indeed it is. If you're playing for a championship, it's all that much better. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great holiday weekend. We'll see you Monday with a look at Roundup Monday, Week 16.